שלום, my dear friends. Uh, at this session, I would like to offer a concluding remarks on the study that we have just concluded, the study of the seven letters that Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, wrote to the seven assemblies in Asia Minor. It was an amazing study because you can see the wisdom of God, how the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, know very well what will happen in the history of the church age. As I study the Word of God, I often marvel how God is so uh, sovereign and how His providence is over all. And in His plan and in His program, and because He is sovereign, He does as He pleases. And so as we study Leviticus chapter 23, And as we study Revelation chapter 2 and 3, we see the program of God for Israel, the nation, the earthly people, and the program of God for the assembly, the church, the heavenly people. It is fascinating to learn that God knew the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. He knew of Israel's beginning, redemption, and how Israel began very well, but he also knew that Israel, the nation, will not accept the Messiah at his first coming, and only accept the Messiah at his second coming. And so he knew that the Israel will reject Yeshua, the Messiah, at his first coming, but also that Israel will accept him, at Yeshua, the Messiah, at his second coming, and will enjoy a blessed messianic kingdom ruling and reigning with him in a future day. At the same time, God also knew of the church age, that right in between the first and the second coming of the Messiah, of Christ, of Yeshua the Messiah, God is going to build an assembly, a church, an ecclesia, a called out ones, which we call today the church. The word church does not speak of a building. It doesn't speak of cement or pieces of wood or bricks and mortar. No, the word church simply means called out ones. Ones that are called out from among Israel, the Jewish people, and ones that are called out from among the Gentile world. And together, Jewish and Gentiles, believers in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, forming that which we call today the assembly, the church, the ecclesia. Now let's remember that we cannot, we should not ever uh, mingle or mix the blessing that God had given to Israel, his earthly people, and the blessing that God had given and had promised to the church, the heavenly company. We can never mix them up because the moment we mix it, we will find ourselves losing out on understanding the truth of the word of God. Sadly, you and I live today in the church age. Since the Lord Jesus the Messiah came some 2,000 years ago, sadly, over the generation. And we could see it in the study of the seven churches that Yeshua wrote to them letters. We could see how much 
there was a mixing and misunderstanding of the promises of God for his earthly people Israel and the promises of God to his heavenly people, the church, the assembly. Don't forget, my dear friend, that it's not Israel who chose God, but God chose Israel. It's not the assembly or the church who chose God, but God, Christ, the Messiah, chose the assembly. And therefore, on the basis of the word of God, we can see that any one of us that belong to the Lord, whether historically the people who belong to the nation of Israel, time past, and those who will come to acknowledge the Messiah in the future, and whether it is believers today, Jew and Gentile, who believe in Yeshua the Messiah today, it is entirely the grace of God that have brought us each company to himself. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, God said to his earthly people Israel, in verse 6, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. For the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Above all people that are upon the face of this earth. In other words, Israel, by divine design as an earthly people, are a people that God hath chosen for himself above all the nations of the world. And through the nation of Israel, he brought to this world Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, who came to die and to shed his precious blood in order to provide redemption for all humanity. His death on the Roman cross and his burial and resurrection and ascension provided righteousness to all who believe, whether it is past, ages, or whether it is future or present. It is only on the basis of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah that in any company of people who belong to God, anyone was redeemed because it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. The blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. They only cover sin temporarily for our people of all the people of Israel. But once the Messiah came, who is God, the Son, who became a man, who died as a substitute for the sin of this world, he satisfied a holy and a righteous God, and he met the need of sinners such as you and I. From Adam, who fell in the Garden of Eden, all the way until the last days of the uh, kingdom, the Messianic age. It is Yeshua the Messiah who paid for the sin of all those that have come to him. And so as Israel was chosen by God to be an earthly company, a nation that is elected by God to bring us the word of God, to bring us the prophets, to bring us the apostles, to bring us the the the, the, the messengers that preach the gospel around the world. Yet, Beloved friend, the church, the assembly, the ecclesia was also chosen by God. In fact, according to Ephesians chapter 1, 
in verses um, 3 and 4, the apostle Shaul Paul remind the believers that every one of us who is belonging to the assembly, to the ecclesia, we were chosen in Christ, in Hebrew, in Mashiach, before the foundation of the world. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessings, notice that, in the heavenlies or in heavenly places, not on earth, God blessed in the nation of Israel an earthly land to the nation of Israel, spiritual blessing, but also physical and earthly blessing. But to the assembly, to the church, he had uh, blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenlies, in Christ, in the Messiah, in the, in the Lord Jesus, according as he have chosen us, my dear friend, listen to this, he have chosen us in him, in Christ, in Mashiach, before the foundation of the world. Now, notice this. The word chosen applied to the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. And the word chosen applied to the believers, to the church, to the true redeemed people in Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 3 and 4. And there are other passages that we can find and, and, and show you found in scripture that we have been chosen by God before the foundation of the world. And so as we have finished the study of the seven churches, that Yeshua the Messiah wrote those seven letters. And we have learned so much about these seven churches. What we want to emphasize in this session, that just like Israel, the nation was chosen to be an earthly nation, the church, the assembly was chosen by God to be a heavenly company. God had blessed the believers in Yeshua the Messiah in this present age between his first coming and his second coming right now in this present age that is now already some 2000 years long any believer in the person of Yeshua HaMashiach is redeemed and forgiven and become part of this body of believers the body of Christ the body of Messiah now, no wonder Israel, our nation, is still waiting for the Mashiach. Now, some 2,000 years passed by, Israel as a nation is still not a redeemed and restored nation. That is waiting. Waiting for the time that this church age will come to its end at the rapture of the church. And then God will restore Israel as the earthly nation back to the land, back to himself, back to being blessing, back to be the light to the nations of the world. And so this is so important, beloved friend, to understand and not to mix. We cannot mix between the church and Israel or between Israel and the church. Sadly, during this church age, some say because Israel finished, uh, rejected the Messiah and their time have done because they didn't accept Yeshua the Messiah, that now the church replaced Israel. 
Well, if the church replaced Israel, the church have done pretty poor job because we just concluded the study of the Laodicean church, which shows us that this is an unregenerated professing church in the last days of the church age. It is not because Israel failed that the church replaced Israel. No, God in his wisdom knew that at the first coming of the Messiah, Israel will not accept him. That's why Isaiah the prophet wrote 700, 750 years long before the Messiah was even born. Isaiah, the the servant of the Lord, said to, in, in writing to the nation of Israel, knowing that Israel will not accept the Messiah at his first coming. You remember what Isaiah said? In a sense, Isaiah is speaking about the future repentance of the nation of Israel, which they will say concerning the Messiah. He says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried us so, and we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace uh, was upon him, and with his stripe we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord laid upon him, this is the Mashiach, this is the Messiah, this is the Lord Jesus, this is the Lord Yeshua, the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. This is what Israel will say at the second coming when Yeshua going to come and Israel will recognize that he was indeed the promised Messiah. But in the meanwhile, my dear friend, God is building the assembly. 2,000 years have passed by and he is choosing Jewish believers and Gentile believers and uniting them in what is known to be the body of Messiah. There is no other way of salvation. There is no other way whereby whether Jewish or Gentile can be forgiven unless we believe in the one that came from heaven, the Mashiach, the one that was the eternal word, the eternal son who became Amen. And so no wonder the apostle John Yohanan said, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Mashiach. And so in this present age, we are privileged to be part of a redeemed company. The Apostle Paul said this like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to help us to understand the fact that we are united in Mashiach today. Shaul Paul said in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 12, For by one spirit we are all put into, baptized, come from the Greek word baptizo, in Hebrew lehitavel, put under, put into one body, whether we be Jews or whether we be Gentiles. And so in this church age, this assembly age, it is an amazing age. While the Mashiach is still rejected by the nation of Israel, still, but also by the whole nations of the world, God in his wisdom 
gathering believers out of both the nation of Israel and the nations of the world. Shaul Paul said in Romans chapter 11 concerning the Jewish believers who are part of the church. He said, even so, Romans 11 and verse 5, even so then at this present time, this is the time of the church age, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And he's speaking in the context about the nation of Israel when he says in Romans 11 and verse 1, I say then has God cast away his people? God forbid, for I am also an Israeli of the seed of Abraham and of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people which he foreknew. In other words, God did not cast away Israel. He is waiting of the day of restoration of the earthly nation Israel. But in this present day, he is uniting Jewish believers and Gentile believers in the Lord Yeshua the Messiah, and there is an a, a, a elected, elected Jewish believers in this present age that are part of the church, the assembly, the ecclesia. But he doesn't only call the Jewish people, because he's also called people out from the Gentile world. And so we read in Acts chapter 15, as James, Yaakov, stood there in the city of Jerusalem to explain to the believers and those that were there in the first assembly, the first church that began in Jerusalem. He said to them, listen to this, my dear friend, in Acts chapter 15 and verse 13, and after they had held their peace, Yaakov, this is James, answered saying, men and brethren, hearken unto me, Simon has declared how God, listen to this, at the first did visit the Gentiles, listen to this, to take out of them a people for himself. This is uh, Acts 15 and verse uh, uh, 14. He continued and said, and to disagree the words of the prophet. And the prophet, as it is written in verse 16, after this, after God have taken of the Gentiles the people from him, for himself, he will return, I will return, and I will build again the tabernacle of David. So what a privilege it is, my dear friend, that God is now calling a people, Jewish and Gentile, to be part of the church. And as we have studied the seven letters that Yeshua, the glorified Messiah, wrote to the seven assemblies, we have quickly learned that during this age, during this, uh, you might say, long period of time, beginning from the foundation of the church, of the assembly, which started in Acts chapter 2, until the time that God will take the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, will remove the church out of here, we are living in that which is called today the church age. Sadly, like Israel, had a good beginning, but ended not so good. If it wouldn't be for the grace of God, where would Israel be? If it wouldn't be for the grace of God, where would the church be? It just shows us that whenever responsibility have been left for men, man always seems to fail. 
There's only one man that never fail. That is the sinless one, the holy one, Yeshua from Nazareth. We ought to be so thankful that he came to pay for our sins. And so, my dear friend, we must remember never to mix the two. There is a link. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is the center, the object, the link. He will fulfill all his promises to Israel, and he will fulfill all his promises to the assembly, to the church. But the church doesn't take anything from Israel, and Israel doesn't take anything from the church. It is simply God's divine design to choose an earthly people and to choose a heavenly people. You might ask why? Well, God is sovereign. He doesn't need our opinion. He doesn't need for us to tell him what to do. What we need to do is to accept things from his hand, whether we like them, and sometimes we don't, but it is indeed what God's uh, program and plan for his uh, human race. Well, as we have studied these uh, uh, seven churches as a summary, you could see that the Lord Jesus the Messiah does care for his own. In fact, we read uh, in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 5, when the apostle Paul spoke to the husbands and the wife, he said to the husbands, Husbands, love your wife even as Christ, the Mashiach, had loved the assembly and gave himself for it. You see, God sent his son, the Messiah, but the Messiah, Christ, he loved the assembly. He loved the called out ones. Those that belong to him, both Jewish and Gentile believers in the present age of the church age, he loved them, and it says here, he gave himself for it. You see, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, loved the assembly, loved the ecclesia, the called out ones, that he was willing to die to give himself for the assembly. So if he gave himself for the assembly, if he gave himself for the church, that is for the true believers, in himself, which he have chosen before the foundation of the world, don't you think that he will care to see how they conduct themselves in their uh, historical setting? And that's why the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, according to Revelation chapter 1, we find him there in the midst of the assemblies, observing to see how do the believers in this local assembly uh, uh, live? How do they behave? In fact, we read in Revelation uh, chapter 1, how the Lord presents himself. In verse 11, we read, he said, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And he says to John, to Yohanan, what you see, write in a book. And send this unto the seven churches, the seven assemblies, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Seven churches, which we have studied together. And then he continues, John is turning, we read, to see the voice of him that spake, being turned, what does he see? 
he sees seven golden lampstands. In other words, he sees seven golden lampstands. And what does he see? And in the midst of the seven candlesticks or lampstands, was one like unto the Son of Man. Again, to remind you that the word Son of Man, Ben HaAdam, is a Messianic title taken from Daniel, the book of Daniel. And here we see that the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, is in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Every one of these lampstands represent a church, represent a local assembly. And as we have read, we have the seven names, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is addressed, if you remember in our Bible study together, he addressed every one of these churches. And again, my dear friend, it is also important to understand that these seven churches, not only that there were seven local groups of professing believers in various cities, also there were seven groups that have different kind of conditions, and also these seven groups of believers, and you might say professing believers in these local cities, that they are also in their behavior and mannerism. They represent churches throughout the age of the 2,000-year church age. And also, in addition to all these, these seven churches represent the progressive, historical setting of the whole church age. We are now living some 2,000 years since the church had began in the city of Yerushalayim. And we really live at the end of the church age. But can you imagine? The Lord who is writing these letters, He knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going on and He is exhorting. He is uh, 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 commending where it needs to be commended. And yet, at the same time, he gives us the historical setting of the whole church age. Let me remind you that when we read about Ephesus, Ephesus was the apostolic church, which began at about 30 AD and ended at about 100 AD. This is a church that began very well, but left their first love. They needed to be restored to the love relationship with the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Of them, Yeshua said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Revelation 2 and verse 4. The second local church called Smyrna is a church, an assembly, a congregation that was a persecuted church. This church in the historical setting represented the years about 100 AD to about 313 AD. It really is a church that experienced persecution, Romans persecution. The Roman emperor persecuted the uh, church during this time from about 100 AD till about 313 AD. 
We read in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation for ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. So you can see how in that era, but also in that locality, the church of Smyrna represent a suffering church. Thirdly, the church of Pergamos represent another area in church, another area in church experience, but also in another era in church history. This is a compromising church. This is the church that married to the world. We read in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 16, where the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, said to the church in Pergamos, Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. In fact, they have already mingled with the world. They have experienced a time in which the church became married you might say, to the world. That represents the age of about uh, 313 till about 600 AD. This is the period of time in church history where the church really compromised and did not separate themselves from the world and its system. As sadly, the Lord Yeshua the Messiah had to uh, speak to this church of Pergamos. The fourth church that we have learned about is Thyatira. And from their own things gone bad. Thyatira represents the Dark Age a church. A church that have gone so far that the church really became adulterous. Spiritual adultery. Of this church we read in Revelation uh, chapter 2 and verse 20. Nevertheless, Yeshua said to them, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel or Isabella in Hebrew, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things that have been sacrificed unto idols. So you can see, beloved friend, that this church Thyatira have gone so far that they became spiritually an adulterous church. Sad, the dark ages of the church age. Sad. And so we continue and we see that the fifth assembly, the fifth letter that the Lord Jesus wrote was to the church that were in Sardis. What did he say to the church in Sardis? This was a reformed church, a church that uh, that was became dead, even though they left the condition in Thyatira, but they reformed, there was the reformation, and yet it didn't take too long, and they became almost like, like a, a dead church. According to Revelation chapter 3, in verse 2, we read, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. In fact, he said to them in verse 1, Thou hast a name that thou art alive, but thou art dead. In other words, 
Sardis, a church of the Reformation in church history at about 1517 to about 1700 AD, 1700 AD. There was a time when the reformers rose, you might say, went back to the word and uh, 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 preached the message of the gospel of the grace of God. But it didn't take too long that the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, says, you have only a name, but that you are alive, but in reality you are spiritually dead. They needed to have to be restored back to the uh, principles that are taught in the word of God. Well, as he continued, in the writing to the seven uh, churches in Asia Minor, we arrive to Philadelphia, which is the sixth uh, church uh, and the sixth letter that the Lord Jesus the Messiah wrote to. And Philadelphia, brotherly love, representing the dates uh, at about 1700 to 1900 AD. And here we can see the church that was what we call a missionary church. A church that had had an open door. According to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, said to this church, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man, notice that, no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. What a commendation, beautiful commendation that we have by the Lord Jesus the Messiah to the Church of Philadelphia. Philadelphia, uh, in the in the historical setting of the Church Age, represent the time between 1700 AD to 1800, 1900 almost, and this is the time that the the Church awakened and began to share the message of the gospel with the many nations around the world. Missionary was sent. And the, the gospel was preached and many people became believers and have been added to the assembly. But then notice that we concluded in the study of the seven letters that Yeshua wrote to the seven assemblies with the church of Laodicea. And that church we have already spoke about is a church that is lukewarm church, neither cold and no hot. This is the apostate church. This is a church that the Lord never had anything positive to tell us. This is a church that represent, as we can see it in the chronological, historical order of church history, represent the last days in which we live in today. We can see that we live in the last days from about 1900 up till the time which soon will come. The rapture of the church, the rapture of the assembly, the heavenly company that will be taken to heaven as it had been promised by the Lord Jesus the Messiah through the apostle who wrote uh, uh, various uh, letters to the various assemblies in Asia Minor. The apostle Paul wrote in First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, he said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which I sleep, that ye saw not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Yeshua died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. 
For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ, the dead in the Mashiach, shall rise first. And then verse 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Here's the word rapture. Caught up will be snatched out of here. Caught up together. Harpazo. Be caught up together to meet them in clouds or in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so this church age, which began at about 30 AD, will end at the rapture of the church. And while the word rapture is not there in scripture, but the truth of the snatching up of the assembly is clearly taught in the word of God. Well, what's going to happen then? Once the church will be taken out of here, well, God is going to begin his direct dealing with his earthly people, the nation of Israel. And he will resume his dealing with the nation of Israel, and he will uh, allow Israel and the whole world, who did not become part of the assembly, to experience what is called in scripture, Jacob's trouble. Tsarat Yaakov found in the Jeremiah chapter 30. Israel and the nations of the world will experience a difficult days, difficult time, tribulation such as was not known, was not seen since the foundation of this earth. And then God, through the tribulation, will bring Israel, his earthly people, back unto himself and will restore them and uh, establish the promised messianic kingdom that he had promised to his earthly nation, Israel. And so the, the heavenly company, the church, will be in glory. And we're going to come, you and I were part of the heavenly company, we're going to come with him to judge this world and ultimately reign with the Mashiach over this world. Israel, the nation, will be restored. And the Jewish people, who are many of them today, return back to the land physically, will be not only returning to the land physically at the end of the tribulation, they will return unto the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, to their God and to their Mashiach, spiritually. And a nation will be born in a day as the prophet Isaiah had promised. Shaul Paul said in Romans chapter 11 and verse 25 to the believers who are part of the assembly in a city of Rome. And he reminded them and he said to them, I do not want you, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile become in. In other words, blindness in part happened to Israel until the church age will come to an end. And then what's going to happen? We read in verse 26 of Romans 11, And then so all Israel shall be saved, all Israel that will remain 
at the end of the tribulation period, when they shall look upon him, upon the Yeshua Mashiach whom they have pierced, and Israel, the nation, will be gloriously restored. And it says here, as it is written, they shall come out of Zion the Deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, Paul said to the gentle believers of the church age. But as touching the election, they are beloved for their father's sake. For the gift and calling of God are without repentance. And so, my dear friend, what a lesson it is for us to learn that the church age in which we are privileged to be part of, we are blessed to be part of the bride of Christ, of the bride of the Mashiach, we're going to be with the Lord Jesus the Messiah because he has chosen us in himself, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. And Israel, who is also called the wife of Jehovah, Israel, the earthly people, will be restored back to Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. What an amazing study it is. The seven letters that our Lord Yeshua the Messiah wrote to seven local assemblies, which represent seven different conditions, which also represent seven periods of time in church history. From Acts 2, the beginning of the foundation of the church, till the rapture, till the time where the heavenly company will be taken to be with Yeshua in glory. Are you part of this assembly? Are you part of these called out ones? Have you received the Lord Jesus the Messiah into your heart? Have you heard the call of the Lord Jesus who said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? You see, we do not live in days of old. Neither do we live in days to come. We live here and now. We live in this present time. And to you and to me, the gospel of the grace of God is preached today. God love you. God love you so much that he gave his only begotten son. That if you or anyone, my dear friend, male or female, boys or girls, any nation, any people, tongues and nation, anyone will believe in Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, he will be saved. For if thou shalt confess the Lord Yeshua, and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You will be forgiven. Well, may God help us. May God, God help us to understand what he have done for us. And may the Lord help us as we study the word of God. We have concluded now the study of the seven letters that Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah wrote to the seven churches in Asia Minor. God bless you, my dear friend. Until the next study, I would like to say to you, Shalom, Shalom.